What's Swinging Nation? Welcome back to the Steel Mace Nation podcast. I am your host, Fred Moore. Today, the episode is with fellow podcaster Rob Robertson, who runs the Out of the Blank podcast. Out of the Blank, which I think is a really cool name. Uh, his podcast is like, you know, sort of just get to know everybody. He has 500 episodes and counting in a little less than two years or so, um, which is a podcast every day he's almost doing, right? And uh, he's 22 years old. He's uh, really talented with podcasting. I think he's going to continue to just get bigger and bigger. He invited me on his podcast a while ago. I'm episode 419, if you want to check that one out. Um, we had a great conversation about the steel mace, about fitness in general. He has some really deep views on uh, like human interaction and things like that. And he's funny. We talk about things, um, make jokes. Um, we talk about cereal for a while. And um, I think he is secretly endorsed by Honey Smacks cereal or whoever, General Mills, whoever makes it. Um, but you'll figure that out on your own when you check out the podcast. We will head over to there right now. But first, I want to tell you, make sure you uh, check out the Vintage Strength Games. You can go to Vintage Strength Training and sign up for it. It's August 29th. You video yourself and you send it in. That's how you compete. You don't have to travel this year. So that's good. The money you would have spent traveling, you could use to buy your, your Adex Mace right there behind me. You could see a couple of the different maces. The one with the blue stripe around it, that's the regular Adex. That's what you would compete with. Or if you want to use clubs, they're right there too. So um, you grab, grab a pair of clubs. It's going to be cheaper than the flight and you could compete. And then you'll have those cool clubs. Also, want to send a shout out to um, who? Adex, we already said. Oh, discount code. There's a discount code. Use FRED, F-R-E-D, and you get a percentage off. And um, you can actually really save money. Um, VintageStrengthTraining.com. MaceFit, use the discount code MaceFit2020. Purchase a certification program that Frank DeMeo put together, and he will do a coaching call with you if you use that discount code. Very important. You know, you want to you want to talk to him because he is all knowledgeable. He's created the program. Um, Graziella Coffee Company, uh, Mace Nation 15 for 15% off. Grab yourself a bag of beans, brew it up. Delicious coffee. I had two cups today. And I think I'm going to go for a third. Why not? So because I'm drinking all that coffee, I am not going to take my Ongo Energy Spray. But I only use Ongo Energy Spray when I am either – I need it as a pre-workout or if I'm coming home from the firehouse and I'm dog-tired and I need something to keep me awake. Three sprays in your mouth deliver 75 milligrams of caffeine right into your Face. Use the discount code SteelMaceNation25 for 25% off and grab three or four of them. They go quick. Um, you can throw them in a bag, your gym bag, throw them in your car, give, it to you, give one to your girlfriend, uh, somebody that's studying a lot or whatever. And um, guys, that's it. Let's just jump right to the podcast. It's a good one. 
there? And she goes, yeah, once they're in the store, if they take it off, we can't say anything. I was like, so I could just, I just reached for mine. I was like, so I could just take this down. She goes, please don't. I'm like, ah. Really? So once they're in the store, they can take it off. They just have to wear it through the threshold. So some stores like Marshall's will not let you in the store unless you're wearing a mask. But then once you're in, they're not allowed to say anything because then that can lead into a whole different thing. And now people are bringing up if they have a medical issue, it turns into like having a service dog. Like, this is my service dog. It's like, well, show me the proof. You can't say that. I mean, it's the whole reason I went to Walmart. I put my buddy owned in Newfoundland. We had his service dog papers, which he was a service dog, but not for us. So I put this 150-pound Newfoundland inside of a shopping cart, and I was pushing around Walmart. And people would ask me, like, oh, what's going on? I'm like, he's a service dog. They won't say anything else. Yeah, they can't, right? It could be for emotional problems or anything like that, and you're not allowed to ask. It's a HIPAA violation. That's why you join a gym. Invest That's your right. emotional and physical problems into the gym. I like that. So, Rob, I did hit the record button because you were on a roll, so we're going. Uh, everybody, this is Rob. He is the host of the Out of the Blank podcast, and I was on his show a little while ago, episode number 419, if my memory serves me correctly, and it was a lot of fun. Um, Rob really got a kick out of the Steel Mace, and what has happened to you since that short while ago? Sounds like you're involved in a gym, and uh, you might be wielding the great medieval weapon uh we i've been starting to pick up kettlebells a little bit i think you i guess more enlightened me on the factor of functional strength which is more like i started noticing like i'm very strong when it comes to a bench press i mean i'm only like 135 and i can bench press um almost two plates on each side and then I was like, but I can't, like, I could do push-ups well, sure, but what happened above my functional strength? Like, I ended up um, going camping and then cutting a bunch of wood, and I was like, I'm tiring out fast. I'm like, and then people kept saying, like, you spent all that time in the gym, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, but where's the functional strength? So I started picking up kettlebells, and then we have steel maces at my gym, and I was like, oh, Fred taught me a little bit about this. So I grabbed it and I was like, kind of, I was watching some of your videos of kind of incorporating swinging around the arm, like you were telling me about. And I was like, wow, like I'm feeling it in places I didn't even know. It's like when I snowboarded for the first time, I was like, I'm working muscles I've never worked before. Yeah, definitely. You, you, um, you're, you're using them a lot too. Like when you go snowboarding, it's the same muscles every time. And they're waking up to this, like getting drilled for the whole day. And when you grab a steel mace, it's the same thing, too. I think it happens to everybody. It's so fun. The time goes by. Next thing you know, an hour and a half later, and you've been swinging and doing all this stuff. The next day, you're like, man, I can feel that. It just really hits you. But, of course, like everything, you get it, you adapt to it. So how long have you been actually using the mace for now, and what, ha- what kind of changes have you noticed? I've probably been using it a little bit like every maybe twice three times a week um you know like if I'm trying to like mostly for arms I feel like it really helps with my triceps I mean my my arms at least are like they're not super huge or anything I mean they're pretty jacked I would say to flex on your but um you're you got you're lean but it's like when I'm doing like 
like normal cables and stuff, sometimes you want to change it up. I mean, I've been doing the same stuff for every day for eight years. And let me tell you something, that gets so freaking old fast. And like during this whole COVID situation where we had to all take a break, I mean, I spent $1,500 on my gym that shut down. I had to go find a new place because um, like they couldn't, you know, work with the pandemic bonus because they were too new. They were new owners that bought this gym. So my home was gone, man. So I invested all their equipment that they were selling. I bought a Smith machine for my garage. I bought a bunch of stuff. But man, once I got this new job at this gym, I started kind of learning and exploring things. And I said, hey, if I'm restarting from scratch at a whole new place, trying to find that comfortability again, why don't I start picking up something I haven't used before? So I started reaching into kettlebells, reaching a little bit into dumbbells a little bit more. I was mostly doing like compound exercises, but then I grabbed that steel mace and I was trying to like think, I was like, all right, so he was showing me some things on the podcast and you get the weight to it. It's really weird at first, but then afterwards you feel the burn. Like it's your first time again. You're like, Oh my God, like I'm 13 years old and the world hasn't opened up to me yet. Yeah, exactly. And, and then, and then that continues to happen. Um, here I am almost two years into it and I'm starting to find new ways to just engage muscles and stuff like that. Um, your skills will develop, you'll get better and you will be doing one arm swings eventually. And when you do these one arm three sixties and you're engaging the lat and then you learn to do it nice and slow. Oh my God. It's like a game changer all over again. And it's like, every time this happens, you feel like you're, it's a brand new experience. Now, what do you think of when you're swinging that mace around? Because I'm not a psycho killer, but I like to think of a bunch of 10-year-olds with bicycle helmets and just start flailing through them all. I don't know why it has to be 10-year-olds. <laughs> Maybe like like 16-year-olds, they're more obnoxious or something. I don't know. 10 are still kind of cute, right? I mean, if they got the bike helmet on, you really can't tell. But at the same time, I don't know. I feel like they just have... They're not, like, fully good at talking yet, so, like, their stories still make, like, nonsense. So you're just sitting there like, oh, my God, get through <laughs> yeah. the thing. So I'm just thinking, like, bam. <laughs> I don't think of that. Um, I, I think of – I don't know what I think of, actually. You I'll have to pay attention to that next time. You're not – I don't think you're supposed to think, really. Well, see – I used to listen to like, I mean, before I even started my own podcast, I was listening to Joe Rogan constantly when I worked out and like, it was good for education. You get to hear stories and stuff too, because one of the best advice I've ever heard was, um, I was working out so much like twice a day, just going insane with the gym. I mean, literally eating, going to the gym, sleeping, eating, going to the gym, sleeping just over and over again. And oh, I like that. Yeah. And, uh, my bodybuilding manager, cause he was going to sign me up at one point. Cause I got so like cut, it was ridiculous. And I do look at that. I'm like, Oh man, I'd love to get that again, but it wasn't functional. I mean, a can of tuna and a stick of celery a day when you're burning 1600 calories and only consuming like 155. And I wasn't getting hungry, which was really weird, but I was talking to him. He's like, you can work out your physical as much as possible, but the one thing you need to pay attention to is your mental. And then I was doing push-ups, and I was reading a book while I was doing push-ups. I was, you know, doing pull-ups, and I'd have the book above the bar where I'd be pulling up and trying to read. I mean, that's a little bit difficult, but it was expanding my knowledge on things. And now that I've kind of like with the whole COVID, a lot of people talk about how bad it was. I do pull out one thing of it is that if you would have told me a million, maybe a few years ago, let's say that I would never not go, like I would just have a day where I missed the gym. 
that wasn't in my vocabulary. I stopped taking vacations. I stopped taking because a bunch of stuff because I overcame something bullying as a kid and I got addicted to the gym where I mean body dysmorphia, all that. And I just went ham with it and really bought a religion to it because it was the one thing where if I didn't go, it was my fault. Well, that whole perspective changed eight years later from when I first started when the government and everybody shut everything down. So once that happened, I was like, I mean, I, I invested a couple grand into building a home gym and then that was fun and all and stuff. But then like now we're cranking back to it. It's like, oh, I don't need to spend two to three hours in the gym every day. I can spend 30, 40 an hour as much as I feel like I can get a good pump and I can get a, a burn and just enough to, you know, enjoy life a little bit. Like I would love to take a steel mace on a beach somewhere and be able to freaking, you know, enjoy the site too. You know, I mean, so much of people's time when they're in the gym is confined to a place, a building. And it's like, you can take that steel mace anywhere. You can go on camping trips, you can yeah. do it up in the mountains. That would be hard, but awesome. I mean, it's just probably like wearing a mask in the gym, trying to work out with that thing on. Uh, yeah, high altitude training with a mace. I like that idea. You, you got to hike up with your mace, right? You're going to have to bring more than one. You're going to have to bring a 10, a 15, maybe a 20. So now you're carrying uh, 45 pounds on you. Got to hike up. I don't know how far, high you got to get for the thinner air, but it's going to be far. And then maybe take a break, eat some beef jerky, have some chocolate drink a beer maybe get you know you'll get a little drunk faster because it's high altitude and then just start swinging a mace until you pass out <laughs> fred we just made up two movie ideas right now one we could do mortal Kombat where we take the steel maces up to the mountain and then build like a ring and just have people like like wipe out but like where people are trying to knock each other off the thing we could do that just make sure everybody's wearing padded gear obviously we don't want to get anybody hurt and then the second one 127 hours do you think he would have gotten out faster if he had a steel mace just to like crack his arm yeah because he would have been able to well he would have had a better grip because he was training with a steel mace to begin with so he would have been able to like cut and stuff like that better get a good grip on it and then maybe if the mace was actually with him he could just start smacking the shit out of his arm until it, until it popped loose so why aren't people talking about the steel mace this is what we're doing this is it right here this is it yeah this is what i was talking about <laughs> This is a public service announcement. You know how many 10-year-olds you can hit with bicycle helmets on. Do you know you could extricate yourself from uh, uh, being pinned in a rock with a mace? I'm telling you, we got to rewrite that movie, man. It would be such a good idea. Honestly, like, you've really opened my eyes up to it, too. And it's a pleasure being on here as well, man. Like, you know, I'm, I'm still new to it. I'm new to the game. Um, but I think it's a doorway, like, especially if you're going to start lifting or even if you're a seasoned lifter, like, Try something new, man, because, I mean, eventually, like, you start to notice not working out for a couple months or, you know, taking a break. I mean, I still worked out every day just because I had to. I had to build that home gym. But once you start realizing, like, oh, the bench press really isn't affecting me and things like, you know, functional strength. It's just always for that one thing. You can hop on the bench press and be able to bench two plates. Cool. Okay, well, when is there ever going to be a bench press randomly? But with a steel mace, I mean, what options do you have, like, when you're out in the world um, from using a steel mace? What training does that help with? I mean, carrying things, obviously. Yeah, and I mean, you know, like, you were talking about the functional strength and uh, chopping wood and then, like, well, you work out. How come you can't chop wood? And, and you know, the guys on the job on the fire department – 
and I'm one of them because I was the workout guy in the gym, you know, maybe do some light cardio just to burn some calories. And, uh, but then when you're, you're taking an axe or a halligan bar or a sledgehammer and you're chopping away at a masonry wall or chopping away at a roof and you're wearing all that gear and you're overheating instantly, guys are huffing and puffing. Everybody's like, I thought you work out, bro. What the hell? You can't swing a little itty-bitty axe, and it's not the same. That's why. Yeah, you could bench press, do 10 reps, rack it, go walk around the gym, get a drink of water. Three, four minutes later, bench press again, walk around the gym, go talk to that girl over there. She rejects you. You go back. <laughs> now you really – you do your third set because you're pissed now because she rejected you, and you're showing off. But it ain't making it much better for, for the job, you know. So – that's it exactly you know you want to find functional fitness into your life and you're hitting the nail on the head with the kettlebells too because that those things well that i'm i'm experimenting with them a lot now getting much better um it's how's the kettlebells going it activates a lot of the shoulder muscles i started to notice like my shoulder muscles aren't the biggest and honestly i barely train them as it is like i'll do them like i'll i'll, I'll consider it like a compound if i'm doing something like if i'm doing an overhead press i'll try and you know incorporate that a little bit but man it's just it was never my strong suit it was my shoulders trying to do like uh you know side side lat raises i couldn't i could you know but then once you hit the kettlebells it, it helps like you're thinking you're focusing on your biceps and your arms. It's also incorporating your shoulders and it's hitting joints. Like I started to notice, like when I do this, like with my arm, if I try and lift it up a little bit like this and try and do like, you know, like the wing, the wing outs. Well, right here, it's really thin and there's not a lot of muscle. It's basically the top of my shoulder. And then it's like my lat that are both squeezing together and it's pinching right in there. So I'm like, well, that gets kind of painful if I try and lift back like that. And, you know, kettlebells were hitting right there too. But I think the giant misconception between why people don't really pick up a steel mace or a kettlebell unless someone's like famous is promoting it is because the idea of what we see on the internet, what do you usually see when you type in a fitness article, how to get ripped, how to get swole fast or five steps to this, five steps to that, um, you know, slide to the left. No, but, um, when you look at those fitness tips, they're all about bench pressing, triceps, all the major exercises you see, and then it incorporates add supplements. Okay, protein powder does help. Some energy caffeine things do help, but they're not the cure-all. And people think like, I, I, I mean, I see it every day, dude. People come in, let me get a scoop of that, a scoop of this, and a scoop of that. And I'm like, you're here for a day pass what do you think this supplement's going to be able to do to help you in one day unless you sign up for a membership and you keep working at it it's all about consistency yeah you know it doesn't matter you can you don't have to be the strongest you don't have to be the fastest but just stay consistent with it and let it go i mean the steel mace like i said i think it's a thing of what people when they type in how to get ripped well type in how to get functional strength they're going to give you a whole list of different exercises. And one of them is going to be incorporating something like this that you can do at home. You didn't have to change your workout or routine at all because you had it all right there. They got how many people that were sitting there at home like, I can't get to my squat rack. Well, yeah, because you don't have any things at home now. Because now, I mean, everybody knows this shutdown really changed a lot of weightlifters. A lot of people coming back in like, man, it's so hard to get back at it. It's like, man, I don't know. It's stressful. Yeah, they should have found a way to, you know, to do some lift big rocks, anything like that. Yeah. Um, but, 
yeah, the, if you don't have a place to work out and you don't have heavy weight and that's what you're used to, um, what do you do? Then that's, you know, that's, that's the problem. You brought up a good thing about hitting on the girl and then getting going towards the bench press and you pumping harder because you hit on that girl and she said no. So I encountered smelling salts. There's a guy at my gym who's an extreme power lifter. I mean, literally every single plate in the gym gets racked onto the bar when he's doing a deadlift and he makes his own smelling salts. And on there's a note on it and it had a cool, like, you ever seen the movie Anchorman with Sex Panther? Yeah. It had that symbol on it. And I was like, that's weird. And the note said, do not sniff this like I did. And the person wrote LOL. And I was like, now I got to freaking sniff it. So I freaking open it up and I go, it felt like someone shot me in the brain with a shotgun and my head went back. And I was like, oh, and then my manager's like, oh, did you sniff this? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, dude, that's like what to get adrenaline. Like they sniffed that before a lift. I'm like, I don't go that far into it. I'm like, holy crap. Like, this is better than a shot of coffee straight into your veins. So, yeah, I never really experienced it before. Um, I know uh, I've smelt those ammonia capsules, which they'll do too, but it's it's worse than ammonia, right? It's yeah, like way stronger. Like if somebody, I don't even know, I, do, I, I like if someone sh I don't, shot an adrenaline shot in your nose, like it's just straight to the brain. Like I felt it up here like I had a huge migraine, but my eyes felt like like they like almost like broke open. I was like, whoa. But I mean, I was pumped, dude, for like 10, 15 minutes afterwards. I thought I was going to die. I wasn't going to lie. I was hearing blood in my ear. Um, I was like, well, I can see why someone could bench like a car with this. Yeah, they they smell it. And it's it's hilarious, actually. There's like videos, montage videos or whatever you call it, where they string all these 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 short clips together. And it's some big ass dude, wild looking. And he's like, <laughs> and then he goes and rips the weight off the floor and you're like what the hell is that what are they doing and then there's like one video after another it's hilarious but i know it works because if they're doing it at lifts and stuff like at, at competitions i should say then it must it must be working um it's amazing really i guess yeah you 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 violate your your nasal passages with the smell and your body just produces adrenal effect as if you know you got into that flight or flight response the best way i could explain is, is if you see the covid test where they stick the q-tip up the nose and then you see the like you see it like hit something and then it pushes through it yeah it's like that but with a scent and it's like it hits something and then it breaks through and goes straight into your brain like when you get a brain freeze and i'm like this is what they show in a supplement like if you take this supplement you'll be able to do this and it's a dude yeah. flipping over a car i'm like that's why, you know, there's like, I, like I always used to joke about CrossFitters and I used to joke all the time about people that use kettlebells and stuff, but man, they got it figured out. I mean, they sometimes don't even have to try as hard as you would if you're lifting, but it's just the amount of muscles that you're working and incorporating. It's like, I mean, for me, it's like working out for the first time. And I'm like, whoa, like I've been doing this eight years, you're telling me I could still get sore. Yeah. It was the weirdest freaking feeling. Like, I'm getting out of bed like the Pillsbury Doughboy when you're popping one of those cans. Your muscles are all popping and everything. <laughs> Good. Keep doing that, man. Keep doing that. But, yeah, you, you, what happens is with kettlebells, it's another skill-centered um, type of thing like me. So you have to learn, like, all this little skill sets, you know, how to hold the, 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 the horns right, how to hold the handle right, and how to – how to use your hips and drive through and for your swing and how, to, how it rolls around your wrist rather than flops over. And you have to pay attention to every single one of those details. It's really, it, 
jacks everything up in your body because you're it's one thing it's like a, it's like trying to have the perfect golf swing and you know you want to hit that ball so you're you're focused on every every single bit of that arc so you're learning to use your muscles um better you know you're you're figuring out better function you know with me and maybe this was with you and a lot of guys who start working out i know what to do i seen it on tv i read it in a book whatever and they start doing all their lifts bench press squat whatever and nine times out of ten everybody's form is off so we're overcompensating we're lifting way too heavy i used to do all that shit and then you know you get a 10 pound mace and you go i don't know what to do with this thing and you start light and you realize that little 10 pound mace you can make it work harder for you the better you get at it because you become more honest with your movement well like even um with the steel mace too, I started noticing was I'd have to use my wrist straps when I first started doing it. And like my wrists are like, I don't know if you can hear that. So like- I heard I, something there. My, my wrists, like if you stick your hand on it, like handcuffs kind of, and, and I just rotate my wrists, you can hear the bones clicking and popping and all that and rubbing together. So I used to wear wrist straps a lot, but like when I was doing the steel mace, when I first did it and I was trying to swing it around my head, I feel my wrist pop. Oh, dude, it hurts so bad. And I, I kept wearing my wrist straps. And then I started like, I think it was like last week, you know, this is probably like, I've probably done it a good 50, 60 times now. Um, but grab a steel mace or a kettlebell. And when you start, like, I don't even need my wrist straps anymore. I can start feeling the muscle getting a little bit stronger. My forearms are definitely getting like thicker a little bit. And like, I was like, wow, this is like actually helping out. So when I'm older, I don't have to have like major arthritis where I can't even move my hands. I mean, yeah. I, I was working out so much, like, you know, doing it every day and everything things start failing pretty quickly like i one of the best documentaries i can ever ever recommend to somebody out there is the ronnie coleman documentary yeah i saw it where he's lifting and he's got the crutches on his arms and everything the doctor's like if he just stops lifting he can right. that's the addiction you get to with those same thing with me but thank god like something like i mean I hate to say it but covid happened where i was stuck because it really brought some light into myself too and um with like the wrist things like i mean i was doing a whole bunch of damage but it was a routine so i just didn't even notice all the stuff that was going on ignoring one of the major signs which is your body telling you to take a fucking break right and with that you know when i started you know doing something more like steel mason kettlebells for functional strength i started noticing things that were getting fixed that were like oh like I might even take up chiropractics, for instance, because not not joining it, but actually trying it. I've been deathly afraid of it. Giving someone faith and cracking your neck or your back, that just scared the crap out of me. But a girl at my gym's like, hey, um, I'm a chiropractor if you know need some help with your spine issue. And I was like, yeah, you know what? You're hot. I'm going to go to you. <laughs> okay, she's hot. I hope she's good, too, and she doesn't hurt your neck. But if she does hurt your neck, you better use that moment wisely. And you look at her and you say, listen, you owe me one. All right? Yeah. We're going out on a date. Yeah. I, I'm going to wear a neck brace. I'm not going to sue you. And we're going out on a date. That's oh, you, went, you went neck brace. I was thinking wheelchair with the blow things. <laughs> <laughs> That's next. Like if she's still not buying into it, you got to go even deeper. You got never play your ace right away. Save that bad boy. 
you put me in this chair. Now take me out to dinner. <laughs> yeah. Tacos all pay. Make her pay, too. Yeah. I'm getting lobster and steak. Surf and turf, baby. You're paying would, for it. Would you, if you had the option to go anywhere on a date, would you go to a steakhouse? Yeah. I feel like, ah, see, I'm not that, I'm not that type of guy. I'm a simple guy. I would go to like Taco Bell or I would want a nice home cooked meal. No, home cooked meal is always the way to go, but you understand the implication of home cooked meal. Netflix and chill. No, that's like, Hey, do you want to have sex? Oh, I'm going to make you dinner. That's the same word. Wait a minute. No, it's not. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, That's, my God. You, you know well, how you many missed home dinners I could have had? Well, you don't offer the home-cooked dinner, obviously, until a little bit later. You've been out a few times. And now, now it's like, okay, I want to make the play. Hey, I, I know how to cook like a nice London broil or something like that. I don't know. Something. Fish. And then she goes, no, I just started making souffles. I really wanted you over just to try a souffle. You're like, damn. And that's her bag and everything. Yeah. That's her saying she's not ready yet. It's a very nice way to talk about something without talking about it. Well, you don't know the kids these days because the text everybody else sends is like, Hey, want to chill? And that means that means write poetry. See, man, I missed out. I missed out. You You missed out on the age of Tinder. Yeah. I I hear all, all, all you young ones. Uh, How old are you? 22. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. I hear all you young ones, especially the girls, they're like wild like that. You know, they just throw it out there and it's like, yeah, let's do it. I mean, that's not the way it was for me. It was hard work. See, I prefer the classic way though. Like I'm a bit of what you would say a romantic when it comes to like doing the original type stuff, like taking them out and, you know, not actually just like, you know, oh, come over and let's do this. No, it's more like I would actually like to, you know, set the scene, set the mood a little bit. But then I'm like, there is a good part about being born in this generation is the fact that you'll never have to send a crotch pick through the mail. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Who wants to wait three to five, ten days to get their crotch pick? I want it right now. It's like you got a USPS that thing with like two days ship. <laughs> and is that what happens? There's crotch picks going on? I mean, uh, not with me. I feel like if you want to see it, you got to see it in person. But honestly, like, you want to talk about a big thing, like, when you get addicted to the gym, I, dude, I just didn't have the need for it. Like, just being able to even get that testosterone drive, I was like, why is, like, I thought it was a severe, like, issue. I was like, I'm not getting the testosterone. The guy's like, you're burning it off in the gym. You're spending three hours a day weightlifting every single day. He goes, you're not going to have much. Then that's when I learned that nuts. So... This is a big thing I try and tell people when they start weightlifting because I helped my buddy lose 60 pounds in a matter of, I think, three or four months. Um, He's Italian. He ate nothing but pasta, nothing but breads and all these things. And I was like, cut some of that out. Just don't eat it every single day. Just cut some of it out and weightlift. He ended up losing 60 pounds to the point where he's taking selfies and he's happy at what he saw in the mirror. And I'm like, no problem. I'm more than – I was bullied really bad. But I'm more than happy. I've had those people message me asking how to get a six-pack, asking how to get a bunch of stuff. I'll give you the advice. because, And the reason why I never want to be a personal trainer is because I would never charge somebody to give them guidance to where I found my, found my healing, found my therapy in a way. I mean, it's literally my church of metal, I would say. Um, but, oh, man. So the nutrition thing is a big one for me. So I studied – 
extensively on nutrition where I could probably have a degree in it when I was trying to figure out what are the best ways to get my amino acids and all these other things without doing a scoop of protein powder and spending all this money into supplements and everything. How can I get it from actual food? Um, when I was studying a lot of it too, the worst thing is when I first started working out, I checked the calories on something. And once you do that, you can never undo that. So every time I check a meal now, it's always, oh, what's the calorie content? Oh, what's the protein content? What's the carb content? It's like, that's the people's biggest mistake is focusing too much on that and not enjoying life. I mean, even now, like it's taken me forever to get to this point, but to actually enjoy a slice of pizza, to actually enjoy the food, enjoy times with friends, go out to drink or go out somewhere because, you know, having those moments, you can do that. But the thing is, the way the industry's taught is you have to bench press, you have to squat, you have to deadlift. I don't even recommend deadlifting. I've been dealing with a spine injury since freaking my birthday when I spent it in the hospital. And it's caused major complications to the point where I'm at now where I've lost most of my physical strength. How'd you get a spine injury? So about a week before my birthday, which is December 31st, shout out to anybody out there. I was born on that last day of the year. It's a terrible birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> but um, I was doing a deadlift, and when I went down, I heard something click, and my back didn't feel right. And after that, I mean, I hadn't gone to the bathroom still. I mean, day, today's day. You still 30. haven't gone to the bathroom? Well, no, I've been since then, but it's all been like extremely forced, which isn't a right way to do it. But I was like noticing, I was like, I did something wrong. My back hurts, but then my back healed. And I was like, okay, what's going on now? So with COVID shutting down, medical was, it just got delayed. So what I'm starting to think is now is I completely ripped all my pelvic floor muscles, which only happens if you're a woman and you're giving birth um, because the amount of force it takes to kill that. Well, all, my whole pelvic floor muscles are snapped. Um, the only good news about it is that my intestines are fine. My intestines are healthy. But, I mean, dude, I went to the doctor. I was 143, and then he gave me this stuff that's like a laxative, which I take daily, and it doesn't work. But it's like stuff you get for a colonoscopy. I came back in. I was 135. I said, dude, I dropped six and a half pounds while taking a crap. And he goes, yeah, that thing can hold about eight. 10 pounds in there and you feel it dude it's like a rock you know how hard it is to work out when you have that when you're just bloated and you feel like crap Nah, it's you can't and and in fact like if you drink water and you're all backed up like that the water sits in your stomach and then when you're working out it starts coming up through your 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 yep. sphincter muscle that's the door that closes on your stomach and you start getting like uh, acid reflux and stuff like that and i mean from protein absorption, all these things I started dealing with, and I'm still dealing with it now. Like I'm not even close to out of the woods. Actually, well, I brought up chiropractic because I need to go there and see if they can fix because the pelvic muscle, the pelvic where the hip is, is all tilted. So and you start learning all these things. I'm like, how is this? And it goes, it could be from deadlifting. It could be from years upon years upon years upon lifting. And then like a jet ski incident I had about five years ago where I just didn't even try and do deadlifts because if I try and bend down and pick something up, it looks like I'm taking a shit. So I stuck to, you know, the upper half muscles, like the lats, the chest, and not trying to focus on that lower back at all. And I mean, everyone hates leg day. But I started loving it once I started finding exercises I could do with it, like taking a kettlebell and squatting down with it. It's like, oh, I'm not limited to a machine. I have free mobility to do whatever. If I want to take a steel mace and swing it around while also doing squats and stuff, like I'm a, I'm a helicopter. You know, like you got yeah. this whole free range of mobility. You do whatever you want. 
Yeah, I mean, it sounds like whatever your injury issue is is something you definitely want to keep an eye on. <clears throat> but interestingly enough, since you are swinging kettlebells and a mace and doing some other types of movements, sounds like you got enough to work with. You're young enough, whatever the injury is, you should get some healing. I would say doing the mace uh, religiously and doing kettlebells, I bet you <clears throat> six months to a year, you're going to start noticing some improvement with your back. Just kind of guessing. I'm not a doctor, you know, but um, everybody that uses a mace uh, reports good, better shoulder health, better back health. Most of it's anecdotal. You know, there's no tests or studies. But when you got everybody, I mean, coming on my podcast, that all these people are saying the same thing over and over again. And this is, and there's more people out there saying it. They just haven't been on the podcast saying it. Um, not one person has ever complained of any issue coming from training with a mace. Yeah, I feel like, like I said before, it's how everything, when you look up weightlifting, you look up bodybuilding, like people go to bodybuilding knock time. I used to, I'm not going to lie, I stuck to that religiously when I first started was going to bodybuilding It's actually not a bad website. It's yeah. not bad, but you know, every, every article is like, hey, bench press, hey, do the major compound lifts, yeah. and it's like, why don't we get some steel mace articles in there? Like there should be a function. That's where you should start. Turn it into a blog where you have a functional fitness site. You mean you come on now? You, you go with the mace. You know the you know the way around it. Like you mean you mean steelmacenation.com? Steelmacenation.com. That's Shame where you could find a lot of stuff. Um, I'm going to be writing articles soon as soon as everything's done. Right now, as we speak, it's not quite done yet. But there are other places out there. I'm not the only one. Um, but yeah, uh, you're talking about like unconventional training and it just hasn't broken through yet because like you hit the nail on the head. It's all marketing gimmick stuff, um, selling you the illusion that you could easily lose fat and they do pictures that subconsciously you think like, oh, these pictures, like they show a guy and then he looks thinner and ripped. You, yeah, nobody's going to believe that. Subconsciously, it must work because uh, advertising is um, very smart nowadays. So I, people are looking for the easy way and everything like that. And I keep telling people, once you learn to use a mace properly, it's actually not hard. It's, it's easy because it's not that kind of weight training. It's not, you're not squatting 225 pounds, which is hard. You're swinging a 10, 15, 20 pound mace, which you're, you've developed your skill set to. Um, so why not try it? You know, you'll, you would be surprised. I, you know, it's just, it looks weird. It's, um, it doesn't make sense to people's brains when they see it because they've been pommeled in the face over and over again by bodybuilding.com, bench press and dips and all that stuff, which dips are great, but you know, it's traditional. Well, Maybe the, you can't do dips because it hurts your elbow. Well, if the battle ropes are getting attention now, why don't we try and hop on this train with it and bring in the steel mace? Like, my gym has battle ropes. I've never seen that at my old gyms. I was like, well, this CrossFit. is... CrossFit. Yeah. That's all out of CrossFit. CrossFit really made a big splash. Huge splash. Well, CrossFit made a huge splash because the idea was get ripped as possible. 
And like, that's a good way to do it because it's a lot of cardio. It's a lot of endurance type exercises, but then there's still the main people that want to be like, I want to get jacked and I want to get buff and I want to be like the muscle bound. I see them all at my gym, all the big giant guys wearing tank tops and stuff, even though they barely work out. I'm like, is somebody on steroids? Somebody, <laughs> you know, you see that. And I think what really is why a lot of people are kind of intimidated it's all about the comfortability factor you should be having inside the gym which i'm very pro on now where i work i will mention it is not comfortable for me it's i like working out at 1 a.m 2 a.m i go to work at like 3 a.m in the morning so i usually like going in there when nobody's in there nobody's around but then like now when i do a morning shift or something i gotta work out in the middle of the day so then it's like there's a bunch of people in there and everybody's wearing basically nothing all tanned up like they've been going to the bars or going to the beach or something they're all very intimidating i'm like this isn't comfortable for anybody that is new trying to join a gym right and i think that's the biggest issue is why a lot of people just choose like oh i don't want to do that or they start making fun of it or the gym or they just don't even decide to go into the fitness thing and feel sad for themselves and that's why the steel mace is effective because they can buy it and get it to their house you know yeah, I'm not and it's to- not expensive yeah, and it's like that's better than buying a $1,500 Smith machine that's still sitting in my garage. I'm very pissed about, and nobody's picking it up on Facebook Marketplace. So I'm plugging that in here. How much you selling for? Like $1,100. What's the height on it? It's about as tall as the one that you have in the back. That's 72 inches. It's very short. Maybe it's a little bit taller. I got a low ceiling. Let me know how high it is. Mine's in my garage. I th- it's it's definitely like a good three feet taller than I am, and I'm five foot. So I think mine's eight feet or almost nine feet. Okay, that's not going to work. Where, and you live next, next to the Chesapeake, right? Maryland? Yeah, I live in Maryland, but it's called Ocean City. It's, um, yeah. Yeah, it's like there's some people like I was offering at the gym trying to get it out of my house. Because, like, dude, I mean, it's nice, like, when the gyms aren't open to work out at home, but I still like the environment of the gym. I like being out yeah. of my own house because then right. you get lazy. I mean, headspace. Yeah, you commit, like, it's like reading a book. It, it's way easier in the library. You know what I mean? Right. But I, I still like that escape and stuff. Like, like, I mean, I do, you know, I can do abs at home. That's fine. But after like 20 minutes of working out, like, if you're trying to bench press with a bench press at your house, it's really hard to like commit to like, a two hour workout. And it's all about that comfortability factor, man. Like I always tell people, don't worry about, because when you go to the gym for the first time, you're worried about people watching you, people judging you. And a lot of places that's the case. A lot of people want to act like they're bigger and better. And I'm like, let somebody put the tools to themselves and change the way they want to be if they want to do that. And if they don't, then let them be. The whole factor is if you want help, you shouldn't be uncomfortable when you're trying to get it. Yeah, and I also remember a story that a girl told me that um, she was uncomfortable. She was a cute girl, and she didn't, you know, she didn't dress like these girls that you're talking about in Ocean City, where I think I might want to visit, um, where they have barely anything on. She she was more reserved and conservative, and she said that she felt like this guy was kind of like following her around the gym and um, like going machine to machine or whatever, and so she did like some maneuver where she went to go drink from the water fountain and then she turned around real fast and the guy was like right behind her and then he went the other way and then she turned around again and went back to the water fountain and when she got done drinking he was there so she was like this guy's following me she just she grabbed her shit and left i was like well he maybe he was trying to ask you out and he was just getting his nerve up 
um, you know, you didn't have to do that. She's like, no, nah, I felt weird. I don't even want to go back. I was like, wow, that's. I got yeah. yelled at at work because um, there's a member, there's a member policy. You're not allowed to date a member or something like that. Yeah. And, and that's um, broken religiously by gyms. That's yeah. like the stupidest rule ever, but go ahead. So a girl came in, she's from Pennsylvania. So she's a couple of States away and she bought a guest pass for a week. So dude, most ripped chick, I mean, bodybuilder size. And I'm not, like super into that but she could rock it well and yeah. she had like crossfit like the little crop top on she gets on the treadmill and hops off starts grabbing a kettlebell i'm like oh shit like this girl could take me out yeah and um i was like sitting there i was like so she checked into the system i look up her name I'm like all right rachel Maycomb. i'm like oh shit i probably shouldn't have said her name on here bleep that out it's a fake name <laughs> but um literally she, she she goes on the treadmill and um i see her and i'm like huh i wonder i wonder what the uh you know what her number is and um, i could look it up in the system i want to ask her and the guy goes you can't date members i'm like that's okay because she's got a guest pass she ain't even a full member and i just start walking away and then i get really intimidated when i walk up to her and see her fucking taking a 45 pound kettlebell over her head i'm like okay wow wow you yeah. must have sniffed some smelling salts. <laughs> and did you did you wind up going out with her? I asked her what her number was, how long she was in town. She says she's only in there for another day. I said, okay, well. And then she added me on Facebook. So, and, Okay, that's good. And she didn't say, hey, uh, you uh, want to chill? No, she didn't say you want to chill. She said, here's my here's my P.O. box. Send me that dick pic. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Well, that's a start, man. That's a start. <laughs> Keep working at it. Every, every, before you run, you got to learn how to walk. I like it, though, man. You know, it's, 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 uh, you, you, got, you got some wild stuff going on. You know, you're a young dude, and seems like you're in a good place for a young guy. You know, it sounds like I, – I, I mean, I've been to Ocean City. It was years ago, but I know it's a good town. It's, you know, the beach and everything. It's awesome there. Um, do you do any, uh, like water sports? Like, do you do a surfing or anything like that? I used to do jet skis a lot. I used to, I worked that for a couple of years. I ended up just getting sick of it. Like, I don't even go to the beach now in my town just cause I'm, I've been drenched in the water. I used to do the jetivator, the hoverboard, which is like literally what it is. It's a hoverboard. It flies out of the water. People can, yes. Like, so I've done that for so many years and I wore every time I wore a wetsuit. Um, a spring suit so it was a little size too small so i mean it's i still rocked it but um okay. once you get home after being in the bay the whole entire day salt water skin all dried out um trying to get that wetsuit off when you're just spent 12 hours in the water and you just want to go to bed but you have to take a shower it gets all the way to your freaking ankles and you're like fuck this and then you just end up passing out with like a wetsuit around your ankles or something and i'm like <laughs> i spent so much time in it i just had to get out of it but Honestly, it's the gym, dude. That's why I'm in a good place because, I mean, I could be spending time out at bars. I don't drink really. So it's like if it is, it's like for a birthday thing. But, right. dude, not going to lie, recently it's been – since 2020 started, it's been a kick to the nuts left and right from a medical issue to like this past week that just happened. But the one thing that really gets my mind set and gets me focused, and everyone's got something like this. It doesn't have to be the gym. But it's just finding where you feel like you can release your stress without hurting anybody and just being in your own space. That's why when I asked you, like, what do you think about when you swing the steel mace? 
man, I like to think I'm an old medieval type thing, just swinging around. Something that gets me like focused where yeah. next thing you know, it's been two hours. It hasn't been like, I'm watching the clock. I've been here 10 minutes, been here 15 minutes. Yeah. No, you need that relief, man. And literally I've seen meme pictures or gifs on Facebook that are like, me without the gym and it's like some dude and he's all stressed out and he's all like freaking out and he just doesn't feel right i'm like that's me if i don't get my workout in like usually in the morning or something or just don't get one in at all i can't sleep i got yeah. this itch on the back of my head it's like trying to check my phone in the morning it's the first thing i want to do i moved my cycle into my room just so i could cycle for four hours and play xbox i would just wake up in the middle of the night and start cycling and playing soul caliber or something next thing i know it's been four hours i'm like i've been cycling for four hours you you uh keep referring to your your nighttime activities i don't know how you're getting how you're getting your sleep and everything but you're getting up to go to the gym at 1 30 or three o'clock in the morning play xbox i mean it's an interesting bro. thing yeah it's insomnia yeah i probably sleep like Usually my bedtime's like 5 p.m. I have my dinner, go to bed before my grandpa. He kind of makes fun of me for it. He's like, you're an old man. I'm like, yeah, I am. But then, I mean, I sleep 20 minutes, 30 minutes. That's like 20 years for me, dude. I wake up with like drool over this. I'm like, whoa, like that was insane. And then I'll just be up in the middle of the night or something, cycling, doing something. I mean, I don't have anybody that really lives here. So it's just me, you know, I'm not very loud. And then unless I'm listening to like something – like a podcast and I hear somebody say something, I'm like, it's that. Like if I'm playing Jeopardy, it's like, no, it's this. Yeah. You know, um, 20 minutes is a nap. You took a nap and that's, then... a, that's a sleep for me. Okay. <laughs> I hope, that, I hope that keeps working for you. I mean, you could get away with it for a while maybe, but, um, so then you're up like for a while after that, and then you might not fall asleep again until like late. Or, or yeah, like early morning, like after three or something. Yeah, usually my dinner is like a pot of coffee with my dinner, and then I go right to bed afterwards. Caffeine. I have ADHD, so caffeine uh, just is has an opposite effect. It literally does nothing for you me. You should. All. I should send you a bottle of Ongo Energy Spray because that's a pump. It, it, you spray three sprays in your mouth, and you get seventy-five milligrams of caffeine, and that'll calm you down. So I can't do pre-workouts because they don't do anything to me. I put water in a whole jar of C4 and then drank it, nothing. So my drink like this right here, this is two different flavors of Bang. Um, there's a thing called Shit. It's a, it's a pre-workout with a gorilla on the front, but the I is an exclamation point. Um, this is probably a total, well, this was probably a total of like 1,000 milligrams of caffeine. Nothing. I could take a nap right now. It actually, since you have ADHD, it actually brings you down to a calm level. Yeah, so are you, do you take um, medicine for your ADHD? So it's the caffeine. Yeah, well, what's weird is my ADHD, I had it since I was a little kid, but my dad did the smartest thing, and he was like, I don't want to put him on medication. He'll grow out of it. And eventually I did. I mean, that's why I can do a podcast every day or something. Like I yeah. just try and funnel my insomnia and everything into something else. And I've, I've tried, you know, no caffeine for months and months and months, but I've always never really been able to sleep, but I always get charged after like a nap. I mean, yeah. you'll see me at like four 30. I'm like, what's up, man. How's it going? And then at 5 PM, I'm like dead tired. And then 30 minutes later, I'm up and going in the middle of the night. Something. that's why it's like, I, I love working out in the middle of the night because no, my whole clock is went all the way around, but 
you know, it's, it's nice because there's nobody hogging anything. You get to work at your own pace. You get to do whatever. You don't have to feel like people are watching you. And I'm like, if we could just get rid of that uncomfortability factor in the gyms and anything fitness related where it feels like people are judging you because we live in a judging world. And I'm like, that really sucks. I don't know if you'll ever get rid of that, dude. I feel like, I don't know, man. We just got to, yeah. I mean, maybe, you know, over time, civilization becomes more civilized. You know, we're not really that civilized. It's sort of an illusion right now. It's more we have technology and we, th we think that makes us civilized. But we actually act like assholes most of the time, right? Like judging each other and stealing from each other, whatever. So, uh, but maybe as time goes on, that could evolve or something like that. But the real trick is to say i don't care what people are doing if they're judging me they could say whatever they want to say i'm going over here and i'm going to do the best i can it's called sweatpants confidence i've started to notice the people that go in the store with sweatpants on not really giving a crap it's like somebody brought up a good point to me and it was like my cousin and he said why would you care about what someone thinks of you if you're just going to know them for that couple minutes that you see them and then yeah. it, they're gone forever. Like, why do you care so much? And I really put a perspective into my head and, um, man, it's, it sucks because I think in society from when I was a little kid, it was look up to your superheroes. Those are your role models. Those are your role models that you want to follow. Now it's looking up to celebrities like the rock and all these people. That's good. They're doing, you know, insane yeah. things obviously, but that's not what it's supposed to be. Because those people have flaws and a lot right. of people don't express their flaws. And it's the quote I usually say in my podcast, which is that you brag in public and you cry in private. And you start to notice that with a lot of people, a lot of people like me that had something that, you know, they were upset about and they wanted to fix hooked to the gym. You start to notice that a lot, that people are always hiding something and they usually try and show off better than who they like you know what they're going through and i yeah. think if we were just more open as people we could relate more and then people wouldn't be looking at crossfitters or people that use steel maces as different or weird or anything it's, it's something that's like oh it works for them do you think that there's like a mixed bag on social media though because um i feel like a lot of times since i've gotten involved in social media the only thing that i really got going for myself is to be genuine. I mean, that's what they always say anyway. If you're going to put stuff out, put be genuine because it's going to be hard to mask that, keep that mask up forever. People will start to see through it. Um, but also that's good content because you're being you and you're being vulnerable. Um, but do you see like a mixed bag like that really where there's people being genuine, being real, and then there's obviously this other group that you're talking about? That's why if you noticed on my podcast, people use their actual name. If you use a false name like Bacon Bits or whatever you know you want to call yourself, you're going to hop on here and you're going to say a million different things that you're not going to say if somebody was in your face and you were saying that to someone. You're going to talk about Trump. You're going to talk about whatever you can just yeah. to outrage the people. That is great content, sure, if that's how you want your show to go. But I'm supposed to be genuine. I'm supposed to be authentic because I do that in my everyday life. I tell you how it is. If I don't like something, I'm going to say something. If I like something, I'm going to say something. But I'm going to be open-minded and hear your side of things. Yeah, and then your 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 thoughts on the world. Yeah, sorry, there was a break up there. I started talking over you. Um, but you, um, your your fans that like your podcast are looking for that from you anyway. They want to know who you really are. Like, who is the guy who's interviewing these people? I want to know that. 
Um, so that's important. Now, how many, when did you start your podcast? How long ago? Almost two years ago. I think around <laughs> September was when um, it was an I. It was like the phone call that, that kind of started. It kind of happened um, when my buddy he was about to kill himself on top of his roof and i mean i i don't know if i told you this but i hadn't like i mean 30 minutes at lunch junior to senior year was as much as i knew this kid um he had everything going for him you know baseball star going to college harvard all these types of things and he just called me after five years of being out of school like hey i'm on my roof right now and you're the only person that picked up and i was like how did he like when did i give him my number but at the same time, it's like, oh, and then we had this deep talk at like two o'clock in the morning. I had just got out of a workout. So I was getting ready to go to work in a couple hours. You're and, the only um, one that's up at two o'clock. Yeah. That's and he and I answered and I talked him down. I eventually had him on my podcast and we talked a little bit about it too. But he was I the first episode? No. Nah, uh, he first. was probably the 50th episode. It oh. took him a while to get over here and really want to open up about it because he had a, some major things. He was found out he was adopted and everything. And, he uh, felt like his parents were controlling his life. But, dude, great guy. He's doing amazing things right now. But he had to find himself. And I said, dude, I'm, I'm 22 right now, and I'm still trying to find myself. I have no idea where I feel fit, but I feel like if I can do something that makes me happy, then I'm on the right track. Yeah, definitely. And, and it's always going to be a finding yourself thing because as you go through life, you change and the people around you change. So it creates these dynamic shifts. and you know, you, things happen to you. Good things happen and bad things happen. And combined, they start to affect your mindset. So uh, it's a journey for a lifetime, really. And I mean, I think, I think even old people are like still trying to find something out about themselves. It's, it's, a, ne it's a never ending thing. So it's, it's really cool, actually, if you embrace it. So you have how many episodes now? Today was 500. 500 episodes in two years. In two years one every day that's amazing so and i had my cousin on so he gets to confirm a bunch of my nonsense so people know i am legit and i'm not just making up things to be fun uh see you need that what episode is that 500 okay that's the 500th episode all right so yeah, yeah people could check that out um and now tell us what you what your podcast is about or what you try to capture with your podcast just conversations with people that really go anywhere it's, it's the name out of the blank i'm really bad at promoting myself just because i feel like you know it's so easy to like google but if you want to find it it's called out of the blank it's just conversations with people you don't have to be interesting you don't have to do whatever everyone's interesting in their own way it's just having a chat because everyone has an hour to talk you know how many times people sit there and say i'm too busy guaranteed you're on your phone right now playing clash of clans or some shit you have an hour to talk and that's all it really takes. You end up getting into a conversation where it's like this. It flew right by, you know. Yep. Um, that's all it really needs. I think once we have more communication in the world, we've kind of replaced empathy with sympathy where it's like if you're going to talk to someone, it's always, oh, feel bad for them or do this. And, like, have empathy. Just be aware of everybody's feelings and emotions and realize how, like, you know, once you have that, like, that sense – you start to be connected again. And I think that's what will change all this mindset thinking of people judging is when we start having empathy for others. Yes, that is a good point, Rob. Yeah, you're right. Because I mean, how can you, if you've ever been empathetic to somebody's situation before, right away, your whole mindset 
about them changes. You can't judge them. You're like, you're almost advocating for them. Even if they did something kind of fucked up, you're like, well, you know, that person grew up in a really bad household and look at this. And I remember there was a kid that I knew that grew up in a bad household. He always had trouble making friends and, you know, and you start to, you start to realize like this human being is, is troubled and they're flawed and I'm not going to judge them. I want to figure out how to help them. And you're, that's a very solid point you, you got right there. And, you know, this is, this was one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast because um, you are 22 years old and you have a very um, excellent wherewithal on how life is or can be and things like that you're a good show host um and i have a feeling you're going to keep this podcast going for a long time and it's going to get better because you keep doing it and i mean with freaking 500 episodes in two years it's like almost unbelievable what you can achieve with this you know and you have you have your whole life to make it um a really killer podcast so um you know kudos to you on that good job I appreciate it, man. I mean, it's not easy, like getting guests. Like you always kind of talk, you kind of mentioned before about like how people think and all this type of stuff. It's the idea. Like I'll send out fifty invites a day, maybe, and two people will respond. Like, why me? Because everyone's like spam or it's an attack. And I'm like, we shouldn't be living in a world where we're afraid to go out and do something because of the fact of how it's going to end up turning out. Like, I, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm a pre-recorded show, so it's not live or anything. So when people come on, they're waiting weeks. Like, oh my god, oh my god, like I just want to hear it and see how much of an idiot I made myself. I'm like, I would never make you look like an idiot. My cousin in my 500th episode gives his phone number at the ending, and I'm like, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. So I had to delete that out of there. But like, I've had people come on that are like, I'm a multi-million platinum artist. They call me God and like all this type of stuff. And I'm like, hang on a second. The way you're saying that people are going to hear that and then roll their eyes, like I'm thinking of doing. I just want to know, why do you feel like that? And then we start getting down to the root of it and you realize they're trying their hardest in these moments and in their life to become something. And that's why they think of that. And then you get ended up figuring it out. And it's just two people chatting. If you tossed out right now to me that aliens are real and I said, no, they're not. And you said Bigfoot is also, I probably agree with the Bigfoot thing. But I would ask you, what's your perspective on that? And then you just talked to me about it. I'm like, I could see it. Listen, there's two sides of an argument. And that's what's important is you want to understand the other person's perspective because then you gain perspective on yourself. Yes, that's, yeah, that's, that, that's absolutely true. And that's also, also called going the extra mile, right? You, you, instead of just having like a cursory, uh, small talk conversation with somebody, go the extra mile and dig into the next layer with these people. Nobody wants to talk about the weather. We know it's friggin' hot out. It's hot out. Great. Can we talk about something for real now? Because I got shit I want to tell you, you know? People always have a story. And, um, yeah, your podcast captures that very well. Um, and, you know, it's funny because me, you, or a lot of other podcasters, we're not celebrities. We're not turnkey fan base. We got to build a fan base one member at a time. If you, I don't even know. I don't even like calling it fan base. I don't consider it fans, but 
I don't know what else to call it, but like, you know, a guy like Lance Armstrong, he, Hey, I'm doing a podcast, 40,000 followers. Right. And he talks about the same stuff we're talking about. Um, and a lot of the other people do too. And, you know, like I listened to some musicians podcasts because they've been all starting a lot of podcasts lately. And they're like talking about like going on a camping trip. And I'm like, I go on camping trips. I could sit here and talk about, it. you know, but we think, well, nobody wants to hear my, about my camping trip, you know? So it's a, um, it's, it's a thing we do to ourselves. We relegate ourselves like celebrities and, sports stars and movie stars they're like this upper crusty layer and we're just like the common folk and no i can't do that i'm who's gonna want to talk to me on a podcast right there's literally one question i hate to get and i will deny you from being on my podcast if i get asked it and that is what's your listening what's your analytics for your listener yeah if that's what matters then don't come on my show Right, because the thing is, when you're a podcaster, everyone's like, well, "I want to get listens, I want to get follows, I want to be popular, I want to be famous." Don't you already lost the battle? Stop trying to do all this stuff to it. You're gonna have listeners. It might be few, it might be a small amount, but guess what? They're listening to you. Take pride in that shit. Yeah, run off with it. Don't stand and be like, "I want a hundred thousand, not ten. It's like be happy. Ten people are viewing in and listening to you every single day, or yeah. whenever you post or something. Like, I don't have a huge following, like of like five hundred, six hundred thousand, you know, listeners per episode. It's like under a hundred. Yeah. But you know what? Those are people that you know message me or you know, something. They quote me in an episode I said, or I'm like, did I say that? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, yeah. And then they quote and like send me a meme. I had some dude Photoshop my face. And he put it in a picture like of me like looking up like that. And it's like when you haven't shit in 36 days or something. And I'm like, oh my God, like people are actually listening to you talk. And it's like, that's the feeling. That's the amazing thing. When I get a, like, for instance, I had a guest on Harmon Heat. He lives in Baltimore. He's three hours away from me. He came to my town the other or just last weekend and I met him in person. So after a year and a half of him listening to me every single episode, we met in person. A little girl answers the door. I'm like, you're not Justin. And she's like, oh, no, he's upstairs taking a shower. Next thing you know, he's like, he's a pepper guy. He's part of this chili community. He starts giving me homemade hot sauces and stuff. I'm like, we shot a video together. I'm like, I would have never, if I would have never picked up this microphone, this is why it's beneficial. Everyone is in a Wolf of Wall Street competition to step on each other's throats just like the market is. Well, guess what? If you ask, if you look up hashtag podcast, you'll have people that'll follow all your followers and they'll do all this stuff. And that's the only reason they follow you is to follow that person, message yeah. that person. Trying to steal on all this stuff. I'm like, guys, like, they're going to listen to you. They're going to listen to you. They're going to come across you when they come across you. Don't do any of these harsh, stupid tricks or everything. Yeah. You can follow me. You cannot follow me. That's fine. I've met an amazing person, you especially. Just by talking to you and you giving me the ability to give me that chance. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, when, you, when you're look, doing it for the follows, you're not doing it for the right reasons. So when you are speaking, you're speaking based upon the wrong reasons. So they might be following you. But you're like being fake because you're, you're only working for the follows. You, so you're, may, you might censor yourself. You might not say what you're really thinking because, well, I don't want to push 10,000 listeners away because I said something that might not be um, 
favorable to them. So everything's going to be like lined up like that. You're going to be calculating everything. That's not you, man. You know, like you're coming on to have a conversation with somebody, be you. And you know what? If a lot of people hate you for what you say, that's not bad either. Because if you want to liken it to show business, they say the people that hate you follow you the most. Like Howard Stern used to say that. Like he used to. Sounds like a Trump thing. (laughs) Yeah. But, but actually Howard Stern, the DJ in, in, um, you know, uh, New York city, like they, they ran the polls and it was like um, the people that, that hated him listened to him the most because they wanted to see what he was going to say next. And his fans wanted to see what he was going to say next. So it was the, it was the same end all be all. So um, it's an interesting little tidbit there. I'm telling you, I mean, if that's, I've seen people like what gets, I think the only thing that gets me about podcasts really is the fact when someone does like a three minute rant and they're like, I'm the best podcaster out there, which I've come across. I'm like, it's more of a song. I mean, everyone puts in their own amount of work. and Everybody puts their own amount of things for the show. But I'm like, we're all out here trying to be creative. We sold creativity for branding. People want to buy a brand. People want to buy something they know, they've seen, something that's popular. What about just regular old creativity? The stuff I've seen, um, I've talked to amazing people. I've seen amazing people. They're just average people. But we all have a story to tell. And it's all going to be different in somebody else's eyes. I mean, I'm not popular at all not have the most amazing life i think people there are a million people out there way more than a million everybody's better than me but it's the whole aspect of i'm doing what we could all be doing if we just took the time to sit for an hour and chat yeah i love it man and you know what you you got a long way to go man you never know like a couple years from now you might get a phone call or email from somebody that just likes you the way you carry yourself on the camera the way you speak and offer you a job on a network somewhere and doing a TV, you never know, man. The idea is to get yourself out there. Um, did you start podcasting because you just want, you like to talk or did you find it as a challenge? I think it was like, I've been listening to Joe Rogan so much. I wanted to do it. And then my, when I brought up the idea to my dad, my dad owns a radio station and my, both my parents work in radio. So my dad's like, I'll just give you your own segment. I'm like, Hmm. I'm good. Why not? Um, Because you're going to give me a list of things I got to do and run it by your way. And it's not going to be mine. It's going to be kind of a bit of yours. And it's not really going to be my, it's not going to be Robbie. It's not going to be me. And he was like, yeah, but you're going to get paid and you're going to be able to get guests. You're going to be able to do whatever you want and do the same exact thing. I'm like, I need to make a name for myself. I'm not going to use your guy's name. Like I always grew up like people telling me, you want to use your parents' name. You'd get so much farther in this world because they're kind of popular in Ocean City. But I'm like, if I do that, then you're not going to look at me as Robbie. You're going to look at me as that person's kid. And that's not what I ever want to be. That's awesome, man. You, you know how many people would would go the other route because it was the easy – you're taking the hard way. But the hard way is always – not always, but almost always the right way. I just people- had um, somebody uh, that I work with is a friend of my dad's. And I was sitting there, and I didn't mention anything. And he goes, are you Skip's kid? And I said, yeah. And he goes, your dad helped me get a radio career. And he starts rattling off a list of stuff my dad. Because my dad would – like there's a band called Ballyhoo. I don't know if you ever heard of them. Um, they're, yeah. They open up for like 311 and all these major like reggae bands and stuff. They're pretty – Ballyhoo? Ballyhoo, yes. I'm going to look them up. 
um, I had the singer on too. Like he came on because my dad helped him first get on the radio. My dad, my parents in general have helped so many bands that have become popular now, like, you know, slightly stupid, all these other bands that are out there. They helped just, let me play their songs. Let me play their songs. Let me invest in these people. Get my dad would just walk off onto the, you know, off stage or something when he did DJing gigs at night and give somebody a shot. He helped so many people out. And this guy that I work with, who's eventually going to come on, he was like, your dad gave me a shot. And now I have a career in radio. And I'm like, wow, that's awesome. But like, I still want to be able to see you see me as whatever I'm creating and whatever I'm doing. A lot of people at my gym know me as, yeah, he's got a podcast. He's got this. Not as, yeah, he's this person's kid. And that's what means more to me because you can never say I'm a good person. You can never say I'm a bad person. Just say I'm Robbie because I'll hit you with something where you're like, did you, what did you just say? That's awesome, man. I, I, I applaud you on that. And that's that's um, a great way to do it. But you're, I believe you're making the right move, definitely. Um, and besides, if you get tired of doing it like this, you can always go back. Hey, Dad, I'll take you up on that offer. <laughs> so, but you know what? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, you do have the abilities, the, the knowledge, skills, and ability to uh, to do exactly what you're doing right now. So now, uh, you do work at the gym, though, right? So, are are you um, coaching people? No, I just work like front desk, clean up okay. a little bit, just kind of open and stuff. It's, they said if I worked there long enough, I would be coaching and stuff. But I'm like, I just don't – I don't know if I could ever get paid for it. I mean, I'd probably be good at it. But I just like – I give people free advice when I'm walking around. I'm like, hey, you know, like when you're doing the lap row or whatever and you're yanking your whole body back and forth like that, I'm like, you're not really activating the right muscles. I've saved kids from trying to squat – two plates on each side when they've ever squatted in their life. And next thing you know, they go up and I'm like, Oh, put the guards up, bro. I yeah. made that mistake once I put four plates on each side and I was doing calf raises. I freaking went up and I didn't have the guards up on the Smith machine. The thing snapped and the bar flew back and I felt my whole body bend. And like, I mean, straight brought me to the ground. And I was like, I'm just tight. You know, you learn from mistakes like that, but you got to offer that guidance to people that might need it. You know, don't shove it in their face like, hey, bro, let me show you how to do this. And then you hop on it. No, just be like, hey, man, if you do it like yeah. this, it helps. And then just yeah. walk away. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, well, you know, look, if you think you might like coaching, there's nothing wrong with taking payment. Uh, most of the time, uh, people, you know what they do with free advice? They do nothing with it. Usually when they make that financial commitment and they say, here, bro, um, Here's like 300 bucks. I don't know how many sessions that gets me, but let's, let's get rocking. They're paying for it. So they're going to be more into it. Um, and I'm speaking from my own personal experience. I've always hired coaches and, you know, I'm coaching now and I still have a coach and I always will have a coach. Um, the, you, you do much better. Um, I believe because you, you don't have to make all the mistakes, you know, um, you, you actually, learn how to do things right and what why and they also know how to reel you in and everything so if that's an endeavor that you're thinking of doing you should be taking payment for it you have a right to make a living and um if you're investing in yourself and you're learning something um that takes time away from other things in your life so there should be reci reciprocation and payment so don't feel bad about that. And, I, you know, I wouldn't – I mean, I would take free advice every once in a while, but when I'm ready to get serious, I hire a coach. 
I just looked at uh, this guy that I work with who's like, hey, did this guy call and cancel yet? I'm like, what? And he goes, did he call and cancel? I'm like, no, he's still coming to do his training session. Not even a minute later, I'm not going to be able to make my session. And he starts explaining a whole bunch, which a lot of people do when they just like either they're lying or they're like just want to tell you everything because they don't get to talk to anybody. He starts explaining, I'm like, all right, man, it's canceled. Don't worry about it. And then I hung up. Does it every day. Cancels. Always an excuse. Always an excuse. I'll tell him to charge me the full session. I'm just like, how are you going to sit there and accept payment off a guy that's just like doesn't feel like, you know, he's just making up excuses and all this stuff, but he still wants to keep you on. And it's he's like, still paying. Yeah. It's like, do you feel okay with that? He goes, yeah, you know, he's, he's rich. It's like, uh, still like that just doesn't seem right. In my opinion, like, I don't know if I'm, doesn't matter if you have a million dollars or zero. I'm like, I'm looking at you. Like I'm not doing any work. I mean, free money's, it's, I don't know. It's just not right to me. Yeah. I would at least call that guy up and be like, Hey, what the hell is your problem, man? You know, you've, you've paid for X amount of sessions and you didn't show up for it. It's I mean, going on for four freaking years too. So it's like, yeah, I would tell the guy, listen, why don't we just, why don't we just give up? You know, if this isn't working, you know, like I don't, I don't even want you as a client anymore because he's, he's so rich too. He owns one of the biggest restaurants down here. That's unbelievable. I, I mean, like, still, I mean, it's, you know, you're, you're throwing money out every, the window once every two months, but the rest of it's just excuses. I'm like, how do you just feel comfortable charging the guy he goes, Hey man, he buys the sessions or whatever. I'm like, dude, I get it. Yeah. All right. But come on now. And you come across those trainers that'll treat you like crap. And that's why you have them is so they can treat you like that. But like, this guy's a nice guy, but he's just like, Hey, it's free money. I'm just like, that's not ethically right. Like as a trainer, I would be pissed. Cause I'm not actually doing any work. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. That, that requires some type of better communication. I, I like I said, I, I would try to get still motivate the individual. And, in, but if it was like, uh, dead issue i'd be like all right why don't we just end it yeah. we're not doing this anymore or you could hire somebody else and yeah because that's a free spot that you could free up to actually help someone who wants to actually get in shape you know how many kids are yeah. out there like i had a mom call on the phone call to the gym and ask if she could sign her daughter up for a session she wanted six sessions one hour sessions i said sure how old's your daughter she said 16 i said okay why i was like oh, you're gonna need to come and sign her up because oh, that's no problem and i'm like yeah we'll get her a membership she can come in here with whatever she wants no i'm gonna have to force her to come in there because she needs a change and i'm like wow not gonna work like, oh my God, like imagine that. Like I remember being a kid and uh, one of my family members mentioned like, you could be eating a little bit less. And that's what really still sticks in my head today. Like, wow, like somebody calling you fat in your own family doesn't feel good. I was like, that's what the whole world is. It's just a slight little thing we say and then people take it so bad. It's like, it's why people get like, you ever notice how food reviewing and foodstagram pages are so popular now? It's the uh, scene from King and Queens where there's like this one woman who's like, I'm starting a new diet. And they're like, what's the diet? I get to watch you eat food and then I get something from it without actually eating it myself. That's what we're doing with foodstagram pictures. People that put up like a greasy slice of pizza, you're like, I wouldn't eat that, but oh, that looks good. And then you double tap. It's like hitting this craving. It's like you won't enjoy it yourself. You just want to watch someone else eat it. It leads to like ASMR where people are eating food. You're enjoying listening to it and watching it, but you won't do it yourself. I'm like, oh, my God, the world is upset that they won't even be comfortable eating a meal. Like how many people go to buffets anymore? Well, right now, nobody because <laughs> of COVID. But I, 
<laughs> Some buffets are still open. Oh, yeah, okay. I guess it depends where you are. Tokyo Steakhouse. California rolls, baby. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the way to go right there. The, the sushi rolls and buffet places aren't really the best quality. That's pick your poison. Let yeah. me tell you, you're going to save on money, but you're probably going to get salmonella. <laughs> right. Yeah, and you know what? That's easy to take care of, too, because you just got to drink a little bit of Jack Daniels while you're having your meal, and that should kill it. That's not doctor approved, and I'm not a doctor. I'll That's say, I had to say, where that. were you when I got salmonella from Honey Smacks? Because that would have saved my life. I don't know how you get salmonella from Honey Smacks, the cereal. It's a comedy bit I actually started making up because um, during the iceberg lettuce shortage of 2018, another thing got called back for salmonella poisoning besides the iceberg lettuce, and that was Honey Smacks. So I walk in. Guy tells me, oh, there's a salmonella outbreak with um, iceberg lettuce. I said, okay, cool. Well, I'm just getting cereal today. I spent $5 on a box of Honey Smacks. It's outrageous, and I'm kind of frugal with my money. So that was a big purchase in my book. Went home, had a bowl of Honey Smacks, got insanely sick. Literally went back to Walmart the next day. I go by the cereal aisle. All the Honey Smacks are gone. I said, what happened? They're like, oh, over 350 million cases of Honey Smacks that got shipped to 36 different states have gotten contaminated with salmonella. So if you bought a box of Honey Smacks yesterday, I suggest you return. I was like, man, I got insanely sick last night off a bowl of Honey Smacks. He goes, yeah, throw it out. It's probably a salmonella poisoning. I said, I paid $5 for that box. You live by the Smacks, you die by the Smacks. And I finished that whole freaking box, got sick after every bowl. But I'm a man of pride, I guess you'd say. Sounds like you're a little cheap, but okay, we'll I emailed, go <laughs> I emailed Honey Smacks for them to sponsor me. They said no, but then a fan that was listening to my podcast heard that story, and they emailed them multiple times until they send me free coupons, and I have it hanging on my wall because there's just a bunch of free Kellogg's coupons that no store accepts. No, they're like, this is fake. I'm like, wow, wonderful. <laughs> so they basically sent you Monopoly Monopoly money uh, coupons. Like They're probably laughing their asses off, too. Like, ah, he's good luck <laughs> cashing that boys in. I talked to a graphic artist just a few episodes ago. I haven't released it yet. But I said he makes, like, Pokemon-infused pop culture art. So he does, like, Pikachu in a Deadpool outfit. I was like, can you do Alakazam, which is like a, a magic thing that holds spoons, as Diggum from Honey Smacks, and he's making it. So I'm just saying, live by the Smacks, you die by the Smacks, man. I'll stick with that frog any day of the week. I, you know what? I've never had them. I'm going to have to go try them because I got to see what this is all about. I guarantee you, you're going to see on my Instagram a box of Honey Smacks in about a week. The new ones kind of suck because they went healthy and they took out a lot of the sugar, but I thought that was the fun in it. If you're going to sell Count Chocula to kids, you don't expect them not to get diabetes. You kind of just – it's kind of all in the front of the box. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It tells you right there in so many words that, yeah, you're going you're gonna to give your kid diabetes. Lucky Charms made a cereal that's just the marshmallows. We cut the middle man out. It's like <laughs> – Right. Straight sugar, baby. Straight sugar. Did you expect your kid not to seize up and go into a coma from all the blood sugar crash? You know, my daughter was on the Lucky Charms kick for a while, and I'm like, when is she going to stop eating those things? They, they infuriate me. Marshmallows? Are you kidding me? Marshmallows. It's cereal. Who eats marshmallows? And uh, I think she got phased out. I think she's back to normal now. I'm like, okay, good. That was scaring me. 
I'm a big remember I told you about my cereal and I put it as croutons on my salad. Yeah, yeah. That's so a good I'm a, idea. I'm a big raisin bran guy, man. I use oh, dude. special you know, K and raisin bran. I just picked up raisin bran today. And I said, I'm buying real raisin bran because um, sometimes the generic brands, like the raisins are like real tiny and dry. Yeah. So, but it was like $3.99 for this tiny little box. Like what the hell's going on here? So I was like, you know what? Experiment. I'm going to buy the, the store brand and I'm going to buy raisin bran. I'm going to do a taste test, see which is better. And if the store brand is good to go, then that's $1.99 and I could buy two or three boxes at a clip. Because I go, I eat that for uh, dessert. I eat it before I go to bed, um, breakfast. Just bought grapes and then dried them. Cheaper. <laughs> I, well, yeah, I guess you could try that. <laughs> well, no, it's funny because when I talked about the salad thing with the cereal and the croutons during our episode, I mentioned that I was trying a new Dumser's or Dippin' Dots ice cream cereal. Well, today. I have that giant container of mashups of cereal. I'm shaking it, and I had some of that Dippin' Dots ice cream from way back then. I was like, it's probably stale as fuck, but hey, that's funny that we're recording again, and it happened to be that same cereal. It's Dippin' Dots ice cream in your cereal. It's Dippin' Dots cereal. Dumzers makes a cereal that's Dippin' Dots, and it's like little yogurt clusters and all these things. It's really oh, okay. freaking good. Yeah. But I prefer the bran flakes. I like that solid crunch to it. I don't know what it is. And then like mini wheats, for instance, love that. I don't yeah. even drink. I don't. I don't do milk, so I I eat that dry. I used to get a handful all day eating cereal. Is it, you eat the mini wheats dry? Yeah, that's like eating sand. Doesn't it like just dry out your mouth? No. I'm a man. Ah, eight nails so, for breakfast. Man. <laughs> I have a tattoo that says "Mom" with barbed wire. <laughs> You're tougher than me, man. I need some milk on that. I'm like, uh, see, I hadn't had dairy in forever. Um, oh, okay. Just, just, I just stopped doing it once I started like weightlifting and everything. When I was getting eating clean, I thought, oh, it meant cut out like, oh, dairy doesn't digest right. Red meats doesn't digest right. Fish, yeah. all strict lean stuff got stuck onto that where if i have it now my body just reacts so differently i mean it's good yeah. a burger don't get me wrong i can i feel like sometimes i drive by a farm i haven't had red meat in forever i'm like kill one of them cattle <laughs> but like i mean if i eat like a quarter of a steak dude it's my body shuts down my organs like i can feel it like move its way through like a lump of coal i'm like oh this isn't digesting properly well fiber man that's why you eat the raisin bran afterwards and the fiber helps push it through not when you have a spine injury that causes you not to poop yeah, yeah that's true i ate two boxes of raisin bran and i swear to god i thought i had stomach cancer i had to google it and webmd was like it's stomach cancer i'm like <gasps> <laughs> yeah don't go on webmd for anything i had testicular cancer three times Oh my God, let me tell you something. Whoever writes this, that's what sucks about journalism is now every journalist is a blogger technically. So I'm like, uh, yeah, this two scoops of sunshine is really two scoops of stomach cancer. <laughs> Not if you buy organic. I think you'd be all right then. That's like $7 a box. And the only thing I'm spending that much money on is Honey Smacks. Okay. All right. I got to try these honey smacks, man, if you're giving it that kind of endorsement. Have you had golden puffs? Um, no. 
Do you ever go with the generic cereals like Malto Meal? No. Okay. Shows how you grew up. Listen, my mom would bring home a giant bag. Like, you know the pillow you used to sleep on? It was a bag that big. Generic, like ShopRite brand. Rice puffs. Okay? That's kind of. No sugar, though. They were literally, it was like, it looked like giant puffy rice things. And I'm like, what the shit is this? And I would be pouring sugar on it. And my mom would be, no, no sugar, no sugar. She's trying to do the right thing. And these giant bags. And then I'd get halfway through and, like, bugs would start getting in there and stuff because the bag was getting... Bags were getting old. <laughs> it was all messed up, man. I said, Mom, you got to stop buying these things. This ain't, I'm not eating this anymore. Uh, my little cousin gets like the Kakashi, like the $8 boxes of cereal, which is okay. Yeah. I mean, it's healthy. But I'm like, dude, I grew up on freaking Malto meal. Like, you ever had Marshmallow Mateys? It's the off-brand version of Lucky Charms. Like, it's like it's like they have, like, one or two marshmallows, and then it's just grain. I'm like, this is what I grew up on because it was cheap. You could buy it in bulk. It came in, like, giant 64-ounce bags. I'd never even heard of that. Marshmallow Mateys. That's, that's good. I, I just – I have an adv- adverse reaction to marshmallows to begin with. The best off-brand cereal I've ever heard of was an off-brand of uh, Frosted Mini Wheats and was bite-sized square shreds of grain. No kidding. That sounds like... It was the longest, stupidest name. I'm like, bite-sized shred square grain of grain or something. I'm like, why? And then Frosted Flakes off-brand was Flakes of Frosted. I'm like, that's like just... But it's all the same sense. Right. That's like uh, Black Cat Gato Negro. That's, I mean, it's pretty much the same thing. But the first one, Bite Size, but whatever bite brand. Sized, uh, it's Bite Size Squares of Grain. That sounds like something that you would have found on the shelves in Soviet Union when they were the Soviet Union. Like, like you had to bite go with your squares of grain. <laughs> right. Strong for Mother Russia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good stuff, man. You're, you're pretty good. Uh, Rob, anything else before we uh, sign off here? I mean, we are just rolling here. I think I got to get back on one day and just talk about cereal some more. But uh, Out of the Blank Podcast can be found on – tell us where. You just find it. Hold on. Where really any listening platforms. Honestly, just Google it and I'll, I'll pop up. Okay, you broke up a little bit there. So, so Google "out of the blank" podcast, and you'll they'll find you'll find it somewhere. That's what you said. Yep. All right, YouTube. You're on. Spotify, you're on YouTube. But I want to say one. I want to say one major thing is thank you for letting me be on your podcast. Yeah, um, man. And hopefully, I could be a part of Steel Mace Nation, man. Actually, you know, I'm glad you reminded me. When uh, I'll hit you up with a DM. Let's do a Zoom call one day. You know, we're not going to record it. And let's just do some Mace stuff. All right, dude, for sure. I'm down. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll set it up and we'll spend like, you know, 20 minutes, half hour. We'll work on swings and stuff like that. Uh, set yourself up in, a, in an area where you can move freely and I can see you and everything. Could and- they make this? Could they make the Steel Mace a little bit more appealing to the audience if we gave them like VR goggles to just swing around a Mace and like be like fighting in the jungle or something against gorillas? 
Absolutely. I mean, if you have those capabilities, I, I will invest in your capabilities because I don't know fuck all about any of that stuff. Um, or if you know, like somebody in Vietnam that could write those kind of programs and stuff, let, let's talk about it. I'm always down for a crazy business adventure that might lead to total destitution. I want $20 on me for taking out at least 110-year-olds with bicycle helmets. I, I, you know, that is a gold mine right there if we get something like that. That could be just do a car, Just do a, do a program that says cardio, and it's with a steel mason. It's just all of them lined up. You just got to run down the line, like, hitting them like mailboxes. Yeah, you could do that. Um, you could also do it with pumpkins and watermelons. I don't know if that... You want the kids because they fall over and they make a noise. A pumpkin just makes a splat. <laughs> okay, man. I could see you're really, really set on having a kid. So the first thing is we got to get some kids. So any kids listening, if you're um, 10 or younger, maybe, between 8 and 10, uh, contact Rob. Um, He'll fit you for a helmet. Oh, whoa, whoa, hang on a second. Don't <laughs> contact me. That sounds like a that sounds very wrong. That sounds that sounds I'm over the age of 18. That sounds illegal. Okay, yeah. I, I'm just busting balls. I, we're just trying to be funny. Um, and sometimes when we're trying to be funny, we say stupid things. And I But if you do want to send to my PO box some colorful, tasteful pictures. <laughs> Holy shit. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man dude i it was this was a blast man you're a funny ass dude uh great time i wish you luck with everything we will be connecting on that zoom call everybody check out rob on his out of the blank podcast it's really good follow him on instagram his grid is really cool it's all well lit and and like he's got every podcast in there if you look around number 419 you might see this guy right there yelling in your face uh, firefighter helmet on yeah yeah so check him out uh it's a good podcast he has really interesting people on um and you know check it out rob thank you you're the man i'll talk to you soon you're the man of the steel mace nation that's right <laughs> thanks bro i appreciate it